When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We put this time aside every Monday morning for our next guest, who's an amazing guy, Willie Bright, editor of the National Review. You're talking about Politico. You're talking about NBC. He's got his hands in just about everything, and that is the great Rich Lowry. Rich, good Monday morning. How are you, pal? Good, sir. I got to correct you, though. From the from the sports report, the Yankees did not get shut out twice in Baltimore. They, they scored one run in the first game. You know, you're right about innings. that. You are correct about that, and it would take a great Yankee fan like you to correct me. <laughs> so I appreciate that. You're right. I, I, and I said that twice this morning, but they got one run in two losses. Yeah, but I'm, I'm actually a Mets fan. That's the other correction. I'm a Mets fan now. Wait, wait. wait, wait you, is that true? After all this time, you're a Mets fan? Oh, my after God. After the Baltimore series, yeah. Oh, I like, oh, after the Baltimore series. Uh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. Well, the Mets are in first at seven and three. It's a good time to be a Met man. So I have to tell you, we just had Judge Napolitano on Rich, me and Bernie, and talking about the Elon Musk stuff. Obviously, big story in the New Jersey thing. I'm going to tell you what I think is the biggest story for me, and that is the end of Title Forty Two. And we're talking every day about Ukraine, Russia. Which, by the way, I stopped watching. I'm sorry. I know that sounds insensitive, but I just stopped watching. But this Title 42, what's going on at the border, we always talk about this, me, Bernie, and you, is an absolute mess, and it's going to get significantly worse. I'm not sure why people are not talking about this every second of every day. Yeah, so it was supposed to be seasonality. Remember that? It was, it was just that yes. the weather was, was favorable at the beginning of the Biden administration. I'm looking at the figures right now. March 2020, illegal apprehensions at the border, 34,000. March 2021, 173,000. This March... 221,000. And that's just the beginning. Title 42, everyone knows, is going to open the floodgates. That's why you've seen a lot of Democrats, uh, Democratic senators saying, please, please don't lift this restriction. And I do think there's a chance that they will they'll end up delaying the lifting because they know it's going to be such a debacle. But even Beto O'Rourke down there in Texas is you can't do this without a plan. You know, this is the guy who wants to tear down the border wall. And even he says this is going to be bad. So it's it's uh, it, it wouldn't be necessary. Title 42 if they hadn't destroyed all the other border controls. And, you know, Title 42 at this point is not really a public health measure. It's a, it's a border control measure, and that's not how – you know, we shouldn't have to rely on the CDC to effectively police our border. But it's going to be uh, – if they really go through with it, it'll be a cataclysm. Cataclysm, says Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid Show. Rich, of course, it's an election year, so Beto O'Rourke is – you know, he's, he's thinking November when he says what he said there. But uh, this whole border policy – the uh, the overview of it. I mean, you have this guy Mayorkas. He lies to your face. The border is closed. I mean, look, these guys. Their intention is evil. I mean, their intention is to have the border wide open. Am, am I wrong about that? I mean, I think that's what they want. It's not by accident, uh, and they don't care that tens of thousands of Americans are dying from the fentanyl that crosses the border. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of them want an open border. Some of them just can't abide any restrictions that would actually allow us to have a, uh, a closed border. So they both end up effectively in the same place. And 
fentanyl, you know, I really wonder why that's not a front page story every day. Yeah. Uh, this, this is poison. It's not, you know, it's not a drug you, you take that just you, you happen to take too much of. It's, it's literally a poison. Um, and, and people routinely are killed by it, having no idea that they're ingesting fentanyl. And it should, should be a much bigger crisis than it is. Well, the good news is Kamala Harris is doing a great job overseeing the border, so we're going to be fine. We're in good hands right there. She's doing a great job. Uh, we did start the conversation by me saying, and it sounds insensitive, that I've kind of tuned out to Ukraine-Russia. I know that there are still atrocities going on every day, genocide, awful, awful things in different regions now in uh, Ukraine. But I really believe that most Americans are like me. They're more upset about the Yankees scoring one run in two games against the Orioles than what's going on in uh, Leia, for example, uh, this weekend. You tell me, do you feel like uh, even though the news continues to pound this home, that the everyday American is starting to watch less and less of this war in Ukraine? Yeah, maybe a little less news interest. I think that's true. I think most people are, most Americans are completely appalled by it, but it's not, you know, they care about inflation and, and other things more than they they uh, do Ukraine. But I, I still think, you know, we got to arm the Ukrainians to the teeth. They've pushed the Russians back from Kiev. Astonishingly, maybe they can win the border, the fight for the, the south and, and the east and get a, get a favorable uh, diplomatic settlement here but you know it, it is uh it's a cynical and brutal thing that putin's done it really is a rich lowry but here's why i think people should pay attention yesterday on one of the fake news sunday morning shows you had this liberal uh, senator from delaware chris coons he said he actually said that we sh- should start having a discussion about sending american troops boots on the ground to the ukraine and people like our colleague here on 77 wabc brian kilmeade openly advocating for sending the military directly to, to aid the Ukrainian forces and fight the Russians. Is that true? So, yeah. Kill yeah, me? I, uh, openly, openly. Oh, my and God. By the way, I don't even think uh, General Jack Keane is uh, that, uh, you know, that hawkish on the whole thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, even, think, think I don't Rich, even think John Bolton Bernie wants people to go. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't think Rich Lowry does. But maybe, Rich, you can enlighten us on, uh, you know, what we should be doing over in the Ukraine I mean, you just had Zelensky, by the way, just say Biden should come over here like Bojo did, Boris Johnson. But uh, that ain't going to happen. What are your thoughts, Rich? <laughs> the, the, the Bojo visit was amazing, by the way. I, I mean, how, how ballsy. And uh, yes. uh, and it's something that Biden obviously is just not capable of. He, he, even if the Secret Service were comfortable with it, it, he just wouldn't be physically capable of it. So my red line is direct involvement. I think we should do everything short of that, but we should not have NATO forces engage with Russians or even in a significant risk of engaging with Russians, whether it's a no-fly zone, whether it's flying the MiGs off of Ramstein Air Force Base, whether it's engaging in the Black Sea with, with naval forces. I, I would give, again, the Ukrainians everything they want, basically. I don't think there's any distinction between an offensive and defensive weapon when you're defending your homeland right, from a vicious stupid, assault. Yeah. But it's it's their fight, and and they're willing to fight. I mean, this is the big thing. The difference between the Ukrainian army and the Afghan army is we're not there, we're not directly involved, and they're they're fighting to the last man. Uh, I mean, the Mariupol siege is extraordinary. I mean, that they they're still holding on to some small slice of Mariupol after all this time just shows the will that they have. So get get them arms and let them fight. 
This is Rich Lowry, National Review, here for his uh, Monday conversation. It's always great, and today is no different. You're a New York City guy, Rich. You live here. You work here. Uh, We've often brought up Eric Adams in the past. Let's do some governor here. After we spoke last week, in fact, I think it was that day, the subway shooter uh, was out there doing his thing. And uh, also last week, it was made public just exactly who gains to benefit her husband from this new Buffalo Bill Stadium deal. So it was a really, really bad week for Kathy Hochul. She did some damage control over the weekend, including with John Katsimatidis on his show yesterday. But she ain't fooling anybody. We know who she is. We know what she stands for. And it's no good for New York. What do you say about the governor race? And do you have your eyes on anybody early on? Well, it's it's always tough for uh, Republicans, obviously, and just because she's not Andrew Cuomo, and that that is a major benefit of anyone who's not Andrew Cuomo, doesn't mean that she's a good governor or was going to be a good governor, and she's unfortunately proven that. The subway shooting is just, I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about this, but it's just another case. All right, the the guy is is crazy, obviously, but an expression of his derangement was these racial obsessions, that if if a white shooter had had similar social media posts, this would be the biggest story in America. Oh. CNN would be covering a wall-to-wall. And as soon as you knew he's a, he's a black guy who talked about killing white people, you, you knew the story was going to disappear in 12 hours. And it did. Like Waukesha. Yeah, exactly the same thing. And it's, it's, it's one of the reasons that the, the media complex has zero credibility with most people. You know, Rich Lowry, you wrote a great column over the weekend about Joe Biden. Biden is not normal. He was supposed to bring back a normalcy to the White House. Let me just quote you. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Quote, Biden has crashed his presidency into the rocks of incompetence, tone deafness, and stubbornly misplaced priorities. So uh, elaborate, if you would, Rich Lowry, on this uh, latest column of yours, which is a terrific read. Well, uh, first of all, you know, he's just not a normal performer. All right? You, you can, can look at any speech, press conference, like, uh, something's obvious, and the president of the United States should be more buttoned up than that. We've talked about the, all those examples over the last several weeks. But then just to, the, he created this inflation. Um, I mean, there was going to be an inflation vir- inflationary environment anyway, but a $2 trillion um, COVID relief bill at a time when COVID was waning and the economy was recovering – and there was no sign of slack demand in, in the economy. It was just kerosene on the fire. And then to want to do it again and to abuse uh, the whole entire Democratic Party, abuse Joe Manchin for saying, you know, guys, we have this inflation problem. Maybe we shouldn't be spending yeah. another $4 trillion. Yeah, right. and, and he still would do it. You know, if he could do it right now, he would. Uh, just zero reaction to the, the circumstances and the, the real concerns of Americans. So it's it's hard to imagine how this presidency could have gone worse at this juncture. It couldn't have. So that brings up the next question, which Larry here with Bernie and Sid on this Monday morning. I was having a discussion with some family members over the weekend, and uh, they are ready, willing, and able to admit that Biden is the worst president of all time. He's gone way past Jimmy Carter in that respect. And then somebody brought up a question. They said, uh, well, Sidney, who will be running for the Democrats next time around? And I said, Biden's not going to run. He's going to be 82 years old. He's had the worst presidency ever. He ain't going to run. I'm not even sure Kamala Harris is going to run. They said, OK, we didn't ask you who's not going to run. We asked you who is going to run. I got to tell you, I couldn't come up with five names. Can you give me five? Can you give me, I mean, Buttigieg, five? Hillary, you, who? You want five? Yes. And, and, and not including Hillary Clinton? Yes, not including Hillary. I want five names. Well, Kamala will run. I mean, she, she'll be a debacle, but she'll run. Pete Buttigieg will run. 
you'll have Gavin Newsom running. You might wow. have kind of a moderate, like uh, this, this pretty good Democratic governor out in Colorado, Jared Polis. So that, that gets me to four. Well, Judge Napolitano get- just intimated, uh, he was on this about 7 o'clock, that Phil Murphy may have, is that the horrible governor of New Jersey may have his eye on that. Yeah, I would think if if Biden serves out this term and is just not running again in 2024 and Kamala Harris is not yet president of the United States, it'll be a pretty robust field. Because I don't think anyone is going to be scared of Kamala Harris, obviously. Uh, but if she's actually president, if Biden for some reason has to step down and she's president, then then I don't think anyone would really run against her because it's just too hard to run against the first female black president of the United States, even if she's a debacle. So I, I think there'll, there'll be a pretty robust field if Biden's not running. Uh, listen, Rich Lowry, uh, on the way out, uh, your reaction, one of the biggest stories out there, the apoplectic reaction of the left to Elon Musk's bid to take over Twitter. I mean, they've been exposed, I think, as uh, knowing that the censorship was working and now yeah. that's going to end. Yeah, it's amazing to have journalists. Uh, they, they, their whole livelihood depends on the First Amendment. Our, our entire lives until the last several years, journalists have been the most stalwart defenders of the First Amendment, even to to the extreme in some cases. And here they are. <laughs> There's this guy who says, I'm going to take over the social media platform and make it fair and, and make it based on free speech. And they're freaked out. Like, you know, he's Heinrich Himmler or something, you know. And it's because they, they know yeah. how useful this is. Uh, I, I think Twitter, you know, is a little ridiculous and people can exaggerate its importance. But, I mean, the left uses it to suppress views they don't like and uses it to intimidate, you know, other institutions in American life. Corporations will, uh, you know, if, if 200 progressives on, on Twitter say, you know, General Motors should jump, they, they say how high, you yeah. know. So they, ha- fear, they fear losing that power. So uh, my hat's off to Elon Musk. I hope he knows what he's doing because, you know, they're not going to give in easily. So there needs to be a plan B and a plan C here. But I think what he's trying to do is fantastic. Uh, Rich, you are yeah. so great. Thank you. Another amazing appearance here on this Monday morning. Thank you so much for hopping right, on. Have so. yourself a great go, week. Go Mets. Let's go Mets. There he is. He has been, he's, he's, he's been converted. How about that? LGM. By the way, nine games nine games into the season. Uh, right, uh, ten to be yeah. exact. Yeah, the Yankees. The Yanks are five and five, and ten, the Mets oh, are seven and three. And Rich Lowry is now a diehard New York Mets. Wow, Reggie, who? That's loyalty. Listen, Derek, Rich. who? <laughs> You're the best, bro. Thank, Thank you, you, Rich. Thanks, guys. That's uh, an amazing job. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.